Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center. Here we dream revival and serve people with love. Today we have Prophet Jacob Pillai ministering from the word of God on how the kingdom of God is near and how the church should be united to see the kingdom come. Stay tuned. So let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your precious saints. We thank you for this house. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here. We thank you, Father, for your grace. Let your grace abound this morning as uh, I speak the word and let it be as from the throne of God. Uh, I pray for years of uh, years, uh, listening years and I pray for an understanding of your word. Your word is above your name. And so we lift you up, Lord, this morning. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, my message uh, this morning is entitled, The Potter's House. And uh, I'm going to uh, read from, this is from, taken from Jeremiah chapter 18 and verses 1 to 6. But before that, uh, I want to uh, read a few verses. Um, are you all with me this morning? So if I ask you to read some verses, will you help me? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9 says this. That which has been is that which will be again. And that which has been done is that which will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. So... What it means is that the anointing of the Lord was present during the time of Joseph, during the time of uh, Joshua, during the time of Samuel, during the time of David, during the time of Elijah, during the time of Elisha, and all that is being repeated again, which means that we need an anointing on us to carry us forward in this season. Okay? God has birthed a new season and on this earth and he continues to build his church so that the gates of hell will not prevail against her. So the focus of this season has actually shifted to Jesus Christ. Amen? So you must be wondering what were, what was happening all this season. Everybody worships Jesus Christ or supposedly worships Jesus Christ, but their lives have not changed. Right? It was the same when you accepted Christ and it's the same today. In between, the world has gotten between and you are sandwiched as they say. So, we are in a season that is punctuated by the third, what is called as the third day anointing. Okay? Second Peter chapter 3 says this, With the Lord, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. So, if we use this or apply this principle then we are living in the third day. 
Because Jesus died 2,000 years ago. So that's two days according to God. And we are on the third day. And a thousand years. So we are living in the season of the third day anointing. We are living in a season of resurrection. Okay? Jesus rose on the third day. And what does Romans 8, 11 say? That if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. It means that the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling in you. Does that make a difference? We are living in a season of great favor. Esther chapter 5, and if you read verses 1 to 11, Esther on the third day of the fast came to the king and asked for a favor. And the king replied, what can I do for you? I can give you even half the kingdom. So we are in living in an age and in a season where the king, if he is pleased with us, with what we do and, what we, and, and how we uh, align with him, will give us great favor to ask and say, what do you want? And the Bible says that even before you pray, the answer is already on its way. But we have to set ourselves in such a way that we are in a position where the favor of God comes on us. It's like going to a mall and you stand in front of the opening automatic gates. You don't have to do anything. You just stand there and the doors open. Right? You don't have to move this way, move that way. The doors open for you. And so also, when you take the stand for Christ, when you are accurately standing in His Word, when you are accurately led by the Spirit, doors will open to you, the favor of God will come upon your life. Thirdly, we are living in a season of great acceleration. Now Amos 9.13 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter of the one treading grapes. It means the cycle has shortened. It takes a longer cycle to reap and to harvest, to reap and to harvest. What the Bible says, the season has come that when you reap, you will start harvesting. Are you with me this morning? Okay. John 2 what does it say? John chapter 2 is the changing of water into wine. And it says it was on the third day that Jesus performed this miracle. The changing of the wine signifies the Holy Spirit. It's the joy of the Holy Spirit. It's not happiness. It's the joy. And joy means this, that even though your circumstances don't look like it is joyful. There is joy in your heart. Amen. So we are living in a season where 
a person who is born again today will actually not take too much time to learn of the word of god and to learn about the principles of god because there is such a download that is available from heaven that you can actually access what is in the heavens amen and we are living in a season of visitation of the lord hello are you excited are you waiting for it Hosea chapter 6 can somebody read that Hosea chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 And uh, somebody read Exodus chapter 19 verse 10 and 11. Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure they are ready on the third day. For on the on that day the Lord will come down from Mount Sinai as the all the people will watch. Amen. It's a time for consecration. is a time for separation it's a time to join yourself and prepare yourself for the visitation of the lord amen amen so this is a season which god has prepared for us so that he can shift us from where we are to where we should be amen now let me talk about the current shaking now there is a shaking that is taking place globally both in the world we know but also in the church the church is also being shaken nations are in turmoil there is war there is bankruptcy plans to destroy mankind is the order of the day if you reach a certain age it becomes a burden on the governments so they are systematically planning to decimate humankind so that the insurance costs will not go up right this is this is the wickedness of people that do not know christ on the one hand christ came to save lives on the other hand mankind wants to destroy lives so if you are if you are 70 years old or if i don't know if you are 60 years old and more you don't have a chance to live in this world because your insurance cost goes up haggai chapter 2 verses 6 to 9 For thus says the Lord once more in a little while I will shake heaven and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple with glory says the Lord of hosts the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former says the Lord of hosts and in this place says the lord of ghosts i will give peace nations are coming to a situation where they are looking for a deliverer either knowingly or unknowingly and somebody read romans chapter 8 verses 18 and 19 get what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will be to us later for all creation is waiting for that future day when god will be who his children really are 
For even the whole creation or all nature waits eagerly for the children of God or the sons of God to be revealed. Now, what this verse is saying is that the earth is in upheaval. So your earthquakes that happens is because the sons of God have not been revealed yet. So there is a process that God is putting the church into to reveal the sons of God. So, and the Bible says this, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Right? So, if you are the son of God, why is the earth still shaking? Why is there upheavals? Because we haven't reached a position called the son of God. We haven't reached a position where we can command the storms to be still. We haven't reached a position where we can declare an end to war. We haven't reached a position where Christ as the head and his church as the body can stand up against governments and can stand up against principalities and powers of this earth and shut it down. Is Jesus Christ weak? No. Is the church yet there? No. And so Christ is forming his church into the very nature that he is. He's preparing his church into the very nature that he is so that we can stand in unity and shut down the principalities in power. And it says here that Christ is the desire that will fill the house with his glory. That is the desire that will fill the church with more glory and more wealth than the time of Solomon. Now, you have to perceive that in the spirit that the church of Jesus Christ is significantly powerful in the last days. So he's preparing his church to stand up with authority like he did and to represent him on the earth. Amen? Now, in Revelation chapter 20, everybody speaks of his coming, his coming, his coming, his coming. And everybody has done a very post-mortem of his coming in the past. Whoever has said that has failed. And nobody knows when he is coming. Right? Now, Jesus said in Revelation 22, 20, Jesus said, I am coming quickly. And uh, the response is, even so, come Lord quickly. Right? Even so, come. Now, I am coming is a plural word. And it involves multiple visits on the earth. Okay? Number one, it involved his first coming. Number two, it involved his coming in judgment in AD 70 on the nation of Israel. Number three, his coming multiple times to his body of Christ. Whenever there is a revival, it happens across the globe in pockets. Whenever there is a revival, who comes? Jesus comes uh, with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit represents the, uh, uh, the Godhead and He is present in us. And every, every visit of His is a coming. 
on the road to Emmaus there were two disciples walking and didn't know that Jesus had resurrected what did he do he went and opened the scriptures to them opened their understanding was that not a coming to the lord and then his final coming is when he returns back to earth now are we ready for his final coming that's a question you must ask yourself are you ready to stand before him because when he comes he is not coming as he came first he is not coming as a redeemer he is not coming as a person who saved you he is coming as a judge he is going to judge your actions he is going to judge what he have, he is going to judge what the gifts given to you are and then he is going to ask account uh, he is going to ask an account for all that you has given you and that is very clearly seen in luke chapter uh, in matthew chapter 25 when the when he asked he, to one he gave five to the other he gave two and the third he gave one god is also accurately measuring the building of his church in this season so every pastor every leader who has been entrusted to build his house is also accountable has to give an account and he will measure it based on his word so there is a plumb line and that plumb line is called the word of god okay he is measuring the local house as well as the global house and covid has actually shut down many houses which are inaccurate it has shut down houses where the pastor was taken away i'm talking about india the pastor was taken away and left the flock without a shepherd because there was no second line of succession in a growing church there are always at least three generations of people you your son your son's son and probably the fourth one coming down the line okay so a healthy church is always accurately placed where generations are being touched by the word of god and generations are being planted in the house of god now we are in a transition all of our lives we are not we are not there. for example at one stage one season you know something the next season you know something the third season you know something and every season you are transitioned so that you come to a place called maturity and perfection happens only when he returns now what's this place called maturity let me give you an example i'll give you my own example sometimes you get angry with the smallest of things okay that's a place where you're not too mature years go by god deals with it through his word god deals with it through his church god deals with it through people around you and then you come to a place where that which irritated you few years back is not there again it takes a long time to for you to be irritated 
Correct? Am I right? So also there are different facets of your own character which will war against your spirit. It's not the devil. It is you only. Yeah. See, the devil can disappear when you tell him in the name of Jesus, get out. And he goes out. You can't say that to your own flesh. Can you? It's still there. So there are a few demands of this season for every believer. How many believers are there this morning? Only a few. Some are even doubting their believers. How many believers this morning? Okay, thank you for raising your hand. Now, every believer in this season, Pastor, I am telling you, must become a preacher. Hello? Every believer must become a preacher. Now, it doesn't matter what you are, whether you are a housewife or whether you are managing a company or working for a company. Every believer is called to be a preacher. Every believer is called to have an encounter with God. Okay? This is not a one-time event. This is a consistent encounter with the Holy Spirit. And that's why he's been given to you. You don't have to wait for an event called revival meeting. Am I right? You can be revived by the word of God because the word of God is living. It is perfect. It is true. It is active. Hello? Thank you. All the men of God mentioned in the Bible have had an encounter with God multiple times. In your journey with God, there are multiple occasions where you will have an encounter with Christ. Is that right? The second demand of the season is hearing the word of God. I'm talking to believers. I'm not talking to the pastor. The pastor knows how to hear the word of God or the voice of God. Hello? Now, Job 33, 14, and 14 to 17 says there are multiple ways God speaks. God speaks through his word. God speaks through dreams and visions. God speaks through circumstances. God speaks through people, his servants. God speaks to you in an individual way. God speaks through many ways where you have to discern the voice of God in the midst of all that is happening in the world. Hello? Yes? Don't sleep on me, please. It says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So the Holy Spirit inside of us keeps continuously speaking to us. It is left for us to discern and obey His voice. The moment you obey His voice, you move from one level to the next level consistently. So you will be put through a series of tests, a series of trials, a series of of things that you think is out of control, but you are in control. God is in control of your life. But every circumstance that you have gone through is actually building you up into a place of maturity. 
says the steps of a we used to sing in sunday school the steps of a righteous man a good man are ordered by the lord he delights in his ways though he fall he will not be cast down the lord upholds him with his hand now we are talking about a righteous man who is positioned in the heavens righteously and who also walks on the earth righteously now if i am saying that i am positioned righteously which is uh, the grace of god that has positioned me with christ but i walk in the way of the world do you think that verse applies hello no oh it will not apply but god is merciful he'll help us up we need to know thirdly we need to know our position in christ we need to know who we are we need to know what god is doing in us we need to know as 1 peter says 29 says this somebody read 1 peter 29 please but you are not like that for you are a chosen people you are a royal priest a holy nation god's very own possession and as as a result you can show others the goodness of god for he called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light okay so what are we firstly we are a royal priesthood we have been bought with a price now this word royal priesthood has not actually sunk into us because most of the churches actually prepare us for priesthood never prepare us for kingship you are a king and a priest a king first and a priest next and you need to know how to work with christ to for the kingship as well as for the priesthood secondly we are called a holy nation what's a nation what's a nation it has its own rules it has its own system it has its own ways of uh, dealing with principalities and powers it's, it has its own own things that it does by itself now one of the things in in the kingdom of god is this love your neighbor love those who hate you do good to those who persecute you hello that's the principle in the kingdom of god so a nation that is being formed by christ is something that will practice what christ had practiced And then it says that we are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him now what does it mean by show forth the praises it doesn't say sing the praises it says show forth the praises which means that your life should be in such a way aligned to the word of god aligned to to his principles that when people see you they will praise god for you isn't that a testimony we are called to be kings and priests we are called 
before the foundation of the world now that's interesting because if you are sitting here you are among the uh, 2.5 million one in 2.5 million times that you were born hello i can't explain that further it's a biological term but is one chance in 2.5 million and you are here you are here because he caused you to be here he said that i need you i want you not only to make money to buy a house to buy a car but for a bigger purpose to be the praise of his glory so your entire perspective actually should change because of what you have been called to do see when you are born again we are a spirit being there's a difference when we were not born again we are a human being when we are born again we are a spirit being and that spirit being connects easily with god because it is now tuned to god amen we are raised and seated in the right hand of god and we have been given grace to become overcomers now it doesn't matter what circumstance is there you're called to overcome even the smallest of things we are called to overcome we are called to be planted like trees in the house of god to be fruitful psalm chapter 1 when you're planted only then will you be fruitful if you're visiting from church to church no no fruit only leaves will come and the roots will dry up also after that you'll be running after prophecies and pastors and all that you need to be planted in the house of god you need to support the house of god you need to live your life supporting the house of god the demand for the season is also for a believer to become a skilled interpreter of the word of god which means that you have to become like the berian christians that after every message including this one you have to ask questions you have to go and read and reread and write and read and ask god what is the meaning of this because he has given you the word of god he has given you the holy spirit and what more do we want okay now one of the things that he has done in this season to prepare the believer to grow in maturity is to bring in the fivefold ministry okay you've heard of that fivefold ministry now ephesians 4 and verses 11 to 16 i'm not going to read all of that but let me uh, let me summarize it by saying this that god has entrusted the fivefold ministry on his church and if you study the history of the church there were various years in which the fivefold ministry was released first it was the teacher then the evangelist then the pastor or in that sequence 
then the prophets and then the apostles okay and each of these ministries uh, has been put in season and in time for the fivefold ministers to be released on the body of Christ to prepare a people for the works of the ministry now verses uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 says and he gave some apostles some prophets some evangelists some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints number 1 secondly to build up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith now that that until is when the unity is com- complete that is when we are united as one body not only in this church but also in the different churches in bangalore also the different churches in india also the different churches in the world lo so it's a long task ahead and that's why the fivefold ministry has been released secondly it brings unity in faith it brings us to the knowledge of the son of god it brings us to a mature man and to the measure and the stature of the fullness of christ which means is that every believer has the opportunity through the fivefold ministry to come to a place that christ operated on the earth amen which means that every believer can come to the position that christ operated he was mature in all his dealings the wisdom of god flowed through him the power of god flowed through him he could silence storms he could stop the waves so what are the challenges of the what are the challenges that we will overcome when this fivefold ministry is in place number 1 we will know verse 14 says that we will no longer be children tossed here and there by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine okay we will discern the trickery of men the craftiness of men and the deceitful scheming of preachers hello there, there is a there is a there are some videos that have come out um of peep pastors spraying i don't know if you've heard of it uh, this is this is out of africa and so my brothers in africa so sorry for bringing it out but that's a fact uh videos that have come out where people have pastors have spray paint or pesticides sprayed pesticides on believers and the healing is taking place okay they've asked uh they're asking believers to eat grass they're asking believers to eat snakes and this is part of a culture of the church and there are many 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 thousands flocking to this place because they think this is a miracle but all this is a false church all this is not part of the 
Christendom. All this is not part of the kingdom of God. And so, this equipping and this release of the fivefold ministry is to bring the believer out of all these challenges that he cannot discern himself and then bring him to the stature of Jesus Christ. And so, when we speak the truth in love, when we grow into all aspects of the Godhead of Christ, which is, which is what this fivefold ministry is for, then we come to a place of maturity, then Pastor Sijo will not have too much work to do. Because all of you are mature. And you will share in his work. Amen? So what is our mandate as believers? What is our mandate as believers? And where is that found? Matthew 28 and verse 18 to 20. Jesus said, came up and spoke to them. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What is the mandate of the believer? To go. So next time when I come, I shouldn't see any of you here. See a new bunch of people. Because you're all gone to preach the gospel. Hello? This is a reality. The ministry is outside the four walls of this church. There are people waiting to hear the word of God. There are people waiting to, to know who Christ is. Amen? And uh, if you want to, I, I'm not going to dwell on this further but uh, uh, but if you look at if you look at mark chapter 16 is the second uh, command that he has given in mark chapter 16 and verses 15 to 18 it says and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation he who, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved and he who has disbelieved shall be condemned these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will pick up serpents if they drink deadly poison. Uh, uh, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Whose role is that? Whose job is that? Pastors. Pastor's job. Is it? The believer's job. The believer has to come to a position where he functions with authority. He said, so the authority is not only with the pastor of the church. The authority is with every believer. It's the believer's time. It's the believer's time to be equipped. Okay? And in this equipping process... There are many things that are involved. And uh, 
I am going to take you to this passage of Jeremiah chapter 18. So let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 18 and verses 1 to... Let, let me read from verses 1 to 6. The word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will announce my words to you. Then I went to the potter's house and there he was making something on the wheel. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he remade it into another vessel as it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to him to me saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. You can look at this passage historically. You can look at this passage in a way that you understand what the potter is trying to make. But if you look at the passage for this season and you symbolically look at it, we see the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit at work in a potter's house to make what he desires to make. Amen? So, it speaks about a process, a due process that people will have to go through. A due process that every believer has to go through. And there is no shortcut to it. If the author of your faith has gone through many sufferings, who am I to say, I don't want that? If Jesus Christ suffered significantly so that he can redeem us, he can take us out, he can lift us up, and he can position us to where he wants us to be, who am I, a creature, to say that I don't want to share in his sufferings, but I want to share in his glory? Jesus said, hello, if you want to share in my glory, you also have to share in my sufferings. Right? Can we get that and put that in our hearts? That the next time we, are, we come through a problem, there is a process behind the problem and God wants something out of that process. He wants to make you better. He wants to make you more mature. Yeah? Okay. Now, there are five components in this passage. There are five ingredients or five components in this The first one is the potter. And the potter, the analogy of the potter is God. So God is asking Jeremiah to go and say, okay, see what they are doing. I am doing the same thing. Can I not do the same thing? It talks about, the, it demonstrates the nature of God. It demonstrates his sovereignty. He's omnipotent. He's uh, omni. He's omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He is all powerful. He is all everywhere, all the time. His presence fills the earth. Amen. So he's talking about. He is the supreme God. He is the Creator, and there's nobody like him. Okay. Isaiah 45, somebody can read Isaiah 45 verses 9 and 10. 
Are you with me this morning? Some, some understanding is happening? It's not going over your head? All right. Thank you. I think you must have expected a separate message. an age where a generation questions everything that is being given to it. It is an age where people are asking for privileges. And God is saying that I am sovereign. I will do what I want with you. Who are you to ask me? So the question of human rights then goes out through the window. When you surrender your life to Christ, there is no rights. It's when we resist all of that where we have challenges. Now, if you look at the porter, he has the right hand and the left hand on the clay. The right hand speaks of God's hand of favor. The left hand speaks of God's chastisement, His correction. And there are many people who cannot handle His correction. They want His favor but don't want His correction. But it's only two hands that will work. It's only two hands that will shape a person to what he wants it to be. And what he wants it to be is a vessel of honor. So in a vessel, a vessel that is made by him will come to a place that has passed through his hands of both favor and chastisement. That means you will know the heartbeat of God when you have gone through the process with God. Amen. Now, the vessel that was made, uh, that God was making, was marred in His hands. Okay? So what the Bible says. Now, it's not because the potter's hands are rough. It's not because the potter's hands are, are, are iron-like. It's because the clay is bad. It's because there is impurities in the clay. Now, he is talking to a generation that is separated for him. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to believers. So what are the instances of the clay being marred in his hand. Unbelief, a lack of faith, the way we 
treat others the way we treat our leaders there are so many things that can actually mar your life but in his hands is where he is guiding and preparing you to be a vessel of honor we see that god did not despise that clay he took it and he gave it another chance he is a god of the second chance he is a god of the third chance he is a god of the fourth chance he is a god of the multiple chances if you have failed doesn't he should not affect you because he in his love will pick you up and mold you and shape you to be what you what he wants you to be so today there is no way that you can be let down by anyone because you are in his hands you're protected you're being shaped amen there are examples in the bible where god gave multiple chances he gave a second chance to moses he gave a second chance to david he gave a second chance to abraham to jonah to hezekiah to zacchaeus the prodigal son he gave it to peter he gave it to the thief on the cross god made it into another vessel a vessel that will honor him it does not matter what age you are he is still shaping you amen it's not that the young people think that they are young so they are in the center of god's will now for god age is a number amen philippians 1:6 says being confident of this that he who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ even though we fail many times we are safe and secure in his hands shaping us without discarding us nobody is left out everybody is in the process amen Say amen to that please. Amen. Secondly, we come to the clay. Now, the potter chooses a piece of clay. He doesn't choose all the clay. Hello? Speaks about God's sovereignty. He chooses a piece of clay. His desire, his will. You are here because he chose you. there are many here maybe your families are not chosen but you he has chosen you what is your purpose to go back to your family to live a life christ like so that they too will come to the saving knowledge of god the philippian jailer philippian jailer paul told him you and your family will be saved amen so if you are here if you are 
thinking about your family this morning those who are not saved those who are still far away well god has chosen you to be a witness to them so they will come to a place of knowing and acknowledging jesus christ as their personal savior amen that's the hope for us today i can't hear an amen unless everybody is saved <clears throat> thirdly we see the wheel the wheel here signifies two aspects it signifies the leadership and it signifies the holy spirit and i'll show you that now this is a leadership that god is raising up in these last days okay now let's look uh, so there is a symbolic reference to ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 7 and 8 and i'll show you the comparison because uh, can we read that first please ezekiel chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 within it there were figures resembling four living beings and this was their appearance they had a human form each of them had four faces and four wings their legs were straight and their feet were like calves hoof and they gleamed like burnished bronze under their wings on their four sides were human hands as for their faces uh, and wings of the four of them now this is a symbolic picture of how a mature christian should look like let me take you to this what are the four faces of a mature christian firstly he looks like a lion secondly he looks like an ox thirdly he looks like an eagle fourthly he looks like a man and this is the four faces of jesus christ when he was revealed in matthew mark luke and john lo matthew shows him like a lion mark shows him like an ox luke shows him like a man uh, luke uh, shows him like a man and john shows him like an eagle okay the lion stands for a king rulership you are a king and a priest amen mark shows him like an ox for service you work like an ox you do service in the kingdom of god thirdly luke shows him as a man a divine man the wisdom of man the reasoning of man because he had divinity and humanity rolled into one and so he could reason out he could challenge the pharisees he could challenge the religious people so he wants us to be like that and fourthly eagle eagle speaks about prayer life soaring in your prayer life it means going to the next level in your prayer higher and higher in god because when you pray things should happen it's not like a menu to god and then you tick the boxes and say okay this menu this menu is done elijah prayed there was no rain 
what does the bible say he was a man just like us no different he was a man like us he prayed rain stopped he prayed rain started how was he able to do that where he could control the atmosphere because he was christ like christ did the same thing amen we are called to be those people in maturity secondly we see that the cherubim had feet of calves which talks about righteousness on the earth that means even though your position in the heavens in righteousness you have to practice that on the earth you have to be right you have to show that you are right before god in terms of your actions in terms of what you actually do on a daily basis he talks about leadership that god has placed above you how many of you like your leaders you love your leaders some of them half hands full hands <laughs> do not despise leadership this house is in transition hello this house is in transition different leaders have different styles but they have one source which is called jesus christ he has graced them and the way he operates is this that he will pour out his grace on the leadership and if you tap into the leadership that grace is accessible for you if you criticize the leadership cut you can do anything you want you can stand on your head once it is cut it is cut unless you come back in repentance hello so when you are on the wheel the wheel is significant because it talks about a leadership that god uses to shape you into the person that he wants you to be and god uses human beings for that god uses your pastor for that god uses other leaders for that right but when you are aligned to the vision of the house you are sold to the vision of the house you are connected to the vision of the house and you fulfill the mandate of the vision of the house things will start happening in your life breakthroughs will start happening what you think didn't happen yesterday will happen suddenly there'll be a suddenly moment in your life hello i'm i'm talking from experience i i saw a leadership change in my house because my uh my senior pastor moved on to a different role and he had given it to another uh, to the other pastor and that the pastor became the senior pastor and he was the same age as me so how do you then connect to a man who is the same age as you now you have to you have to recognize that the position is given by god and not by man and when god gives the position he graces the man and he puts you above and puts 
Him above you. And so the moment you recognize that in the spirit He is higher than you, you quietly submit. Hello? These are principles. Grace is resident in the leadership. God gives the leadership grace. Now, Samuel, okay, let me, let, me, let me also tell you this. Every leader may not be the same. Every leader has a different style and functioning. Every leader you may not like. Okay? What did God tell Samuel? Go report to Eli. Was Eli the best of the pastors or best of the father? Why did God ask him to go? Did God not, not know his job? Couldn't he get the perfect father of that time? God knew exactly what he was doing. Samuel had to be trained in the process. Samuel had to open the doors. Samuel had to put out the lamp or put, uh, 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 keep the lamp burning. He had to sweep the floors. He has to do everything that was necessary as a young man. And God did not speak to him directly. He spoke to him through Eli. Every time Samuel, God called Samuel, he heard the voice of Eli. And that was only for a season before he completed the process and then started speak to him, speaking to him again. Hello? Do not despise the leadership. The wheel that is in motion symbolizes changing circumstances. How many of you have had changing circumstances? One day, next day something else, third day something else, and you think that your world is gone, out of control, right? Have you ever had that feeling? Too many things coming together, some people falling sick, your bank account running low, somebody has seized your car, right? Hello? Changing circumstances. But in the center of the wheel is you and the two hands of God. Your circumstances can change dramatically and you think that things are spiraling out of control but you are in the hands of God. He's shaping you. He's testing you. He's testing your resolve. Will you crack in His hands? Or will you stand up to the pressures of life so that He can shape you into the mature man that He has called you to be and He has already foreseen you to be? Hello? Amen? 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 The wheel also signifies the Holy Spirit, which is the sanctifying and the perfecting work that the Holy Spirit does in our lives to bring us to a place of maturity. Let's not ignore the Holy Spirit. For too long, we have put him in a box saying that if you have the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues and full stop. 
Have you asked him for wisdom in your daily activity? Have you asked him for wisdom in understanding situations? Have you asked him for wisdom to take you to a place of excellence in your work? We limit his capability ignoring that he is God. I hope I'm not running out of time. Sorry. The fourth one is the water. The water is symbolic of the word of God. It signifies the word of God. So the accurate formation of the believer is determined by the believer interpreting accurately the word of God in the season so that it will make him into a mature person. If you don't have the word, I mean, I have heard people reading, saying that I have read the Bible so many times in my lifetime. Right? There are many people who do that. It's good. But does it have any meaning? Can you use the Bible and the words in the Bible and interpret it to your situation in your life? Or do you run to the pastor and ask him, please pray for me? Hello? Maturity. It speaks about Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 is about a person, two people building their house. One built it on the rock. Interpret that as the word of God. The other built it on the sand. What happened for both of them is the same. There were floods. There was the wind. There was the rain. One got destroyed. The other stood. Why? Because one man chose to dig deep into the word, translate the word so that he can build the house for the season. So when the eventualities came in, he could be in safety. Are you building a house on the rock or on the sand? It's a question. You can answer this yourself. The word is a mirror that reflects our thoughts, our actions, our feelings, whether we feel good, we feel bad. And it's, 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 it's good to look at the word of God consistently on a daily basis. Or do you spend time on Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook and what the people say about you? Or do you say what the word says about you? Hello? We have lunch and put it on Facebook or on Instagram. And then we want people to react to that. And and we feel good about it. We must change. There are many distractions in this world. And each distraction can take you to a lower level in your understanding. And lastly, we come to the potter's house. The potter's house is the local church. He places families here in this house so that you can be planted here and you can produce the fruit that he desires. 
John 15 talks about fruit talks about fruit talks about more fruit talks about much fruit now there is the fruit of the spirit there's the fruit of re- repentance there's the fruit of your labor and there are many fruits that is mentioned in the bible are you connected to this house in such a way that your life is fruitful for others to see man are you in covenant with the vision of this house god uses these opportunities so that he can develop you into a mature person man thank you for tuning in for today's sermon we hope this word has been a blessing to you do visit us at dreamingrevival.com for more information you're welcome to tune in every sunday for a live celebration service at 11 a.m. at youtube.com/pastorpriji god bless you and have a blessed week